right now, uh, I'm joined by Julian Boscher, filmmaker, director behind the film Swagger of Thieves, uh, all about Hit Like a Hole. Good morning, Julian. Good morning, sir. How are you? Not too bad. You? Not too bad in yourself? Good. Sunny day in Auckland. Sunny day. It was a sunny day down here, too. We're enjoying it. Great. Beautiful, crisp day. It's going to be a nice night tonight, too. A good night to go to the flicks. Get a babysitter, put your beanie on, get your scarf, go and see Swagger with Thieves. It's okay. an awesome film. Yeah, indeed. Indeed it is. Um, sex, drugs, rock and rolls. The great destroyers in some respects. But um, I just want to start with, it seems from the outside that making this documentary would have been quite a stressful time, Julian. Uh, it looks like, well, not necessarily hard work, but um, I mean, it's pretty full on. Uh, it was stressful in a couple of respects. Uh, financially, it was stressful. It was stressful emotionally. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it was a pretty much a solitary affair. <clears throat> there was nobody involved, really, apart from me and the occasional sound recordist. Mm-hmm. Uh, no funding body, um, you know, no, no funding agency or anything like that. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, half of the guys lived in Wellington. I'm based in Auckland. So, uh, you know, it sort of did get quite tiresome because it did go on for several years. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yes, so it was a bit draining. So to get to this point has been... Uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a labour of love. Now, you've you've known the band for a long time. You were involved with uh, making music videos for them um, back in the, what, late 90s, I believe? Uh, late 90s, yeah. The first one I made was Wet Rubber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, myself and Booger, had a mutual friend, and the uh, mutual friend was tasked with... Um, uh, well, initially, initially, the mutual friend was only a friend of Booger's. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. scoping for an introduction because I was into making music videos. Yeah. And I was um, hassling my friend to introduce me to Booger and the band. So, so eventually that happened, and um, I talked them into letting them me make a music video for them. That turned out to be wet rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, I only made two two music videos after that for Head Like a Hold because I was quite busy doing videos for other bands um but yeah i've come and gone um in, in the last 20 years yeah yeah but i mean lives. but you've obviously you made a bit of a connection back then um with with the entire band i guess but especially with booger and uh, maybe nigel um so how did you come up with the idea of making this documentary and how did you approach it initially with with putting it to them because i mean it's ball, you know it's putting everything out there it's balls to the wall there's no hiding um you know were they initially skeptical were they did they welcome it with open arms because i mean they're they're showmen as well well the last project we did together was the comfortably shagged video and mm-hmm. that was a south island tour on the road video yeah um, and that's where they were at the height of their addiction, uh, Nigel and Booger. So I ended up filming a lot of that stuff, even though we were just making a music video. I sort of, you know, subconsciously went, oh, okay, I'm, I'm actually making a documentary, even though I wasn't. But anyway, after that, that's when they broke up for 10 years. Yeah. The relations um, within the band got so, so bad. That was that. That last tour was really the catalyst for them splitting for the ten years. So during that ten years, I didn't see the guys either. 
Um, I completely lost touch with them. And 10 years later, I saw in the paper they were playing a gig in Auckland at the Monte Cristo Room, so I went along. And um, when I saw Booger, well, you know, I just couldn't believe it. He had changed. Yeah. He, he, he looked like some overweight southern american you know preacher with with a beard down to his belly button and a rather large stomach yeah um but he was still incredibly striking and incredibly full of character and he still had that sparkle in his eye i guess that's where the seed for a documentary started with me that night it was kind of like i want to reconnect with these guys because we had fun you know we had fun mm-hmm. yeah. when we were hanging out doing doing creative things so I wanted to reconnect but I didn't want to sort of get back into music videos I'd sort of been there and done that so so that was really the genesis of the idea for a for a feature documentary yeah yeah and, and how did you see it as being a, a story a, a good story did you know you were going to you know essentially get what you got out of it um, or, or did you think you were just making another documentary about another band? Because, I mean, this isn't essentially a band documentary. I mean, you're following a band, and it's about them, but it's about um, lifestyle. It's, um, you know, it's about people, as we were saying a little bit before off-air. It's it's them, it's their lives, and it's how they lived it. And, and you know, they're not the only people in the world to have done it. Well, I guess I didn't want to do a paint-by-numbers music documentary. Yeah. I didn't want to do the big historical thing that a lot of music documentaries encompass. Mm-hmm. I sort of figured very early on that this was going to be a long-term proposition for me. It was going to cost me a lot of money. Um, um, and I wanted to do it once, and I wanted to do it right. And also, you know, head like a whole, we're going to hand over all of their music licensing uh, for nothing. Yeah. And in my mind, Head Like a Hole, you know, they're a really important band in this country. They're one of the best bands that, you know, New Zealand has produced. Without doubt. So it had to be, so the end result had to be something, you know, fitting of, you know, them and their legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for my own selfish reasons, I wanted to make something that was a little bit different with a little bit of a, you know, different approach to your stock standard documentary. Yeah. And I think that I think that really worked. When I was filming, you know, I mean, I didn't quite know what was going to happen. I mean, the whole proposition was a risk. Yeah. I didn't even know if the band were going to stay together because they did get back together, but there was still a hell of a lot of tension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the whole the whole thing. You know, you had just just had the sense the whole thing was held together by tissue paper. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I, well, when they did initially break up, um, you know, there was a lot of bad blood, and um, you know, some things had happened. And I guess we, you'll get into that in the documentary. Don't want to give too much away, but things had happened, and uh, you know, people weren't necessarily friends anymore. I mean, so it was a shock horror that they got back together in the first place. And like you said, it's uh, you, it must have been you, on you must have been on knife edge all the time, thinking shit, this could be the last day of filming. Well, yes, but in the back of my mind, you know, I realised a very long time ago that in Booger's life and Nigel Regan's life, the one and the first 
true love they have is music. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, they essentially are married to those two guys. You know, they do have their personal battles and their personal demons. But, you know, ultimately, I think they live their lives for music and getting together and doing it because because they they know it works for them that you know they've got they've they've got the juice that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean things are different now. Obviously, you know, Booger's Booger's got a family. You know, he's 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 now married and he's got twins, and Nigel Regan doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit more difficult than it used to be because they've gone in different directions. Yeah. But still, in the middle of all of it is that love for music and the love of those two guys playing music together so that was my sort of um, cushion so to speak and I, and I was just hoping that they, they wouldn't break up again but I was thinking well if they do break up again you know it might be good for the documentary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true that's very true um, I guess when you when you were making it and you, you're getting to the cutting floor and all that, um, because the drugs do play a big part in the film, uh, as they played a big part in the band's life, um, were the band and yourself a little bit worried about how that may come across to the general public? I mean, they're putting themselves out there in everything they've done. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, Boog's got, um, he's got kids now, um, and he's got Tasman, who's, you know, just the actual glue and stalwart of that family like I don't half the time you, you wonder how she may probably how she does it um, but but they were they worried about putting that out there after you know you started cutting it up um, not really we had we had a couple of um, early screenings for the band and um, for Nigel and Booger and Tamsin on their own and you know, I actually really toned the film down, believe it or not. I mean, the, 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 the film could have been a lot worse. It's kind of like, you know, the, 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 drug, the drug scenes in it, the analogy is, you know, when you see a sex scene, you don't necessarily need to see the penetration. Yeah. Uh, and I equate the same thing to needles. You know, when you've got a drug scene, you don't necessarily have to see the penetration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... So the film was toned down to a degree, and I think we took it to a point where everyone felt comfortable with, I didn't want to be a bitch, I didn't want to destroy anybody's lives. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, they do have children now. But of course, all of that happened, you know, an extremely long time ago. That scene you're referring to, which incidentally was filmed in Dunedin. Yeah, of course it was. Um, that was shot. Um you know, about 16 years ago. Yeah. So they've moved on and they're different people now and they were, you know, they were they were adolescents back then. Yeah. Well, they weren't. They were in their late 20s, but, you know, <laughs> they were adolescents. Some of us are still adolescents in our late 20s. I certainly was. I'm still in my mid-30s, to be honest. Well, I'm, 50, I'm 51 <laughs> and I'm still in that little <laughs> adolescent. Brother, brother and Nigel definitely are. Oh, definitely. Oh, I was going to say there's a great photo of him from his birthday a couple of days ago on his Facebook page. It's crazy. And when he was a little kid. Um, but anyway, okay. So, um, so people are going to come and watch this tonight. When they leave the theatre, what, you know, what do you want them to be thinking? Do you want them to be thinking anything at all? But what do you want to leave them with, or have them leaving with? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the 
film is not your traditional band rock film. Yeah. I'm not a massive, massive fan of Head Like a Hole. <laughs> I'm a fan of them as people, and I love their first three albums, but this is not a fanboy film. Yeah. So I haven't made it to be like that. I don't beat any drums. I don't glorify anything that happens within the film. But to me, this film is bigger than the band. You know, it's about friendships and relationships and fractured relationships, mm-hmm. addiction, aging. It's about a number of things. If you're not a Head Like a Hole fan, if you don't even know who Head Like a Hole are, or you're not into that genre of music, it doesn't matter. The film's, the film's bigger than that. You've still got to you know, enjoy the film. I think it's quite an important film to come out of New Zealand. Not many films like this happen. Probably the last one would have been Beautiful Machine. Mm-hmm. The uh, She Had she film. Yeah. I think this touches on many areas that that um, film didn't touch on. Yeah, well, there's not many films like this um, that come out regardless anywhere in the world. I can only think of a few, like Dig. Uh, and a couple of others, and they were really, really, they're really important films. Yeah, Dick's a, Dick's a really great comparison, and um, Nigel Regan loves that film. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what I got from these guys, it, it really is a testament to the amount of time I've been hanging out with them, and, and that non-funded aspect of the film, and that sort of, um, you know, just me and a camera aspect of the film. Yeah. So it is very human, and it is very raw, um, and you know you do you you are in the inner sanctum of the band and and, and the workings of the band and the, the inner workings of the very fraught relationships that most band members seem to have mm-hmm. because of because of drug addiction yeah and the pathology that comes with that. All right, so uh, Swagger of Thieves is on tonight at The Regent. Big theatre, let's fill it up, 9pm. Um, great time to be screening. Um, and um, is it going to be generally released as well? Just well, that's, that's, that's something we're working on at the moment. But, you know, you've got to remember, this is not a four. It's not a Superman. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. It's quite a, it's quite a niche film, this. Yeah. So... Um, I can't emphasize enough Go that see it tonight. this film may come back in some form of general release, general release, but it also it may not. Yeah. So, but if it does, um, it, it'll be several months down the track. So, yeah. if you can make it out tonight to the region, you know that'll be great. It'll, you you won't be disappointed. You won't be wasting your time. Yeah, just go and watch the trailer right now, and that will get you in the mood for it. Trust me. Um, I'll be there tonight. Um, thank you for taking the time out to speak to me this morning. Hey, no worries, man. Um, no worries. Well done. Well thank done, you. to be honest. like I mean... I, I, I've watched many musical documentaries in my life, uh, and there's some that I really like, but like you said, a lot of paint-by-numbers, and this is the nitty-gritty, the real shit. It's real life. It's real bloody life, and um, that's what it should be all about. So you've done a bloody, you've, um, you should be very proud of yourself. You've done a bloody great job, and you've done it on your own, Thank um, you, which is which is fantastic as well. Um, the hard graph, incredible stuff. All right, um, once again, thank you so much, Julian. Uh, have a great day, and um, well, I won't see you tonight, but I'll see your film tonight. Yep. Yeah, Thanks, cheers, mate. mate. Thank you. All right, once again, 
Swagger of Thieves tonight at the Regent Theatre. Go and see this very important piece of um, you know New Zealand musical history uh, and um, a very from a very important band and their life um, it's balls to the walls it's real um, there's no trickery no fakery um, and it's absolutely going to go down um, as one of the most important documentaries properly made in this country just because it's that goddamn good um, so tonight at the Regent from 9pm I'm going to play some head like a hole now and this is the last video I think Julian worked on for them comfortably shagged you're on the one 91FM <laughs> 